Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Fabulous Pelton Cast. I'm your co-host, Kevin Pelton. And I'm Tristan Carcino. And it's a very different mood than it was less than 24 hours ago when we recorded after the first round of the NFL draft. We record midway through the second round of the draft today and to talk about the Seahawks two picks and who they didn't pick and their process. Please welcome back to the pod, third Pelton brother, Ben Baldwin, contributor to the Athletic Seattle. I like how the the Seahawks still have a pick to come tonight. We're in the middle of the draft. We're like, yeah, we need to record something right now. (laughs) Oh, that's what happens when they set it up. You know, if you wanted to get our hopes up, there's nothing more you could have done than the Seahawks make a normal logical pick on day one of the draft. Then everything at the start of round two unfolds exactly as you'd hoped it would. Uh, A team that needs a quarterback in the Falcons trades up two picks ahead of the Seahawks. They don't pick a quarterback. All of the quarterbacks that were out there at the start of the day are still out there, including Malik Willis. And I think you know the punchline there. And then, yeah, and then I I thought the Seahawks were safe because the Jets traded up to snipe Brees Hall um, from the Texans, presumably, maybe also from the Seahawks. (laughs) Um, And then I, I, I thought we were safe. Kevin sent this message joking like I, well, maybe he wasn't joking, saying, I hope they don't, the Seahawks don't take a running back here. And I, mean, I, I thought they really were not from, going to, but here we are. From Brady Henderson's tweets, it felt like he might not, might have known something because he seemed pretty confident about them taking Walker in particular, Kenneth Walker the third in particular, and taking a running back because of that is an area of need. What is, what is the quote from Shawshank about hope? <laughs> hope is a dangerous man. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can drive a man insane. We are all that man today. I just, <laughs> that it all, the, the floodgates opened. We had so much confidence after yesterday. We were like, the Seahawks have learned. They're a normal team now. They're running it back early 2000s. And somehow to them running it back to the early 2000s meant that you pointed this out. Them drafting Chris Carson in the seventh round and getting lucky with Chris Carson in the seventh round meant to them that they should draft a running back in the second round after that. Well, and draft a running back in the first round before that in Rashad Penny. (laughs) Again, that was the lesson they took from finding Chris Carson in the seventh round was running backs are so important. We need to draft (laughs) them in the first two rounds because we got one in the seventh round and he gets hurt sometimes. I, 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 I don't, I got nothing. It all, it's also the, it's like the, the trifecta of, the Charles Cross pick last night, which was like a home run. We would feel totally different if they had picked like Trevor Penning last night. And then we'd be like, oh, same old Seahawks. They, they picked Trevor Penning and we're expecting the worst. And then we got the worst. But we weren't expecting the worst. At least, at least I wasn't. And then also paired with that, all the all the quarterbacks are on the board. And if they don't draft a quarterback, maybe they really do believe in Drew Locke, which is the other thing. Oh, God. <laughs> Every quarterback, not even just like, maybe they don't like Malik Willis. I'm willing to accept that the Seahawks and maybe, maybe they're right to not, not like Malik Willis, but no quarterback, no quarterback (laughs) at all going into this draft or coming out of this draft. And maybe they'll draft somebody later, but like of the top level quarterbacks, they have completely punted something that the Seahawks really like to do on quarterbacks for this year. And the thing that I think is to take from this, when you look out longer is 
this this coach and this GM have signed their death certificate with the Seahawks. <laughs> if you draft a quarterback like Malik Willis, maybe he plays six games this year. And maybe he's not good, but he shows flashes. You get a couple more years after that. But the bravado that this staff has, right? Because they did it one fucking time. One time ever, they locked into Russell Wilson and a good defense. And they just, they were born on third base and thought they hit a triple, right? Pete Carroll goes into USC, inherits an amazing team and manages to take the biggest sleeping giant in the country and, and turns them into a team that loses to Oregon State frequently. Shows up to Seattle. Shows up to Seattle. Has And again, they did it one time and they all of a sudden have such bravado that they can do it again. And the reality is they've signed their death certificate as a team. They've rallied around a running back in the second round. They've completely ignored the idea of positional value, right? I mean, there's no way that this running back that Kenneth Walker, the third gets signed to another deal, right? Like best case scenario, maybe they don't pick up his fifth year option, but then give him uh, one no, more year. No fifth year options for second round picks. <laughs> I mean, second round pick, yes. <laughs> but like, there's no way that, that it, all of the value from this running back is coming from that rookie contract. And that's it. And to find a player at running back, they could be undrafted free agents, sixth round, seventh round. It just doesn't matter. And there's so many positions of need on this team. All they needed was talent at every, there's not a position aside from maybe safety that you could say the Seahawks are set at and also running back. And they somehow managed to not only draft the least valuable position that is not on special teams, but also a position that they are mostly set at with a player, an entrenched starter that they love. Why can't we just be happy with Rashad Penny? I'm happy with Rashad Penny. <sighs> and I, the, I think the concerning big picture, big picture part is like, it, it's one thing if they weren't convinced about any of these quarterbacks and in isolation, it's hard to fault them for that because the, the entire league apparently agrees with them about that. So it's not that we're faulting them for not loving any of these quarterbacks. If, if they, if they had said, we don't like these quarterbacks, um, this isn't our year to draft one. We're, we're probably going to be bad this year. So let's just accumulate talent and um, go get our guy next year. I, I think that's one thing, but picking a running back is something you do because you think you're going to win right away. Like that, that's like, it, it's a, uh, positioned with a, a short shelf life, um, something something that Pete Carroll thinks is really important to winning football games. Like you, you do that because you don't see yourself as a rebuilding rebuilding team, which I think, uh, at least for me, that's like the, the scary part of how I think about their view of the team is like uh, divorced from the actual state of the roster, the state of the team. And I, and I guess you guys talked about this on the on the pod yesterday, where like they need talent everywhere and. The hope is that they would see this, but by picking a running back, they either don't agree or don't understand positional value or some combination of both, which is probably the actual answer. Well, we know they don't understand positional value. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just a fact. Like, yeah, the, yeah. Seahawks give us evidence every single year in the draft <laughs> to tell us they don't understand positional value. They have. I, I'm sympathetic to, you know, this was the point that Brady made in his tweets that running back is more of a need than you think it is because Chris Carson's health going forward is uncertain. His recovery from the neck injury that ended his season. Obviously, Rashad Penny has not had a track record of staying on the field for 16 games. All of those were great reasons to draft a running back on the third day. They are not reasons to draft a running back in the second day when you're already paying two running backs top 20 salaries. Like the oh Browns, who have a very good running back. Ba- 
attack, unlike the Seahawks, other than the Rashad Petty era, like they're the only other team that's paying two running backs that kind of money. And they're not also going out and, out and drafting a running back in the, in the second round on top of that. And when you look at the cornerback situation in particular, the crying need there, uh, right tackle obviously remains unsolved. We talked about Brandon Shell maybe coming back yesterday. Uh, the linebacker again, we're just, we're just completely cool. Wrote it running with Cody Barton. Now that's fine. Cause there are so many other problems in quarterback. I didn't even mention quarterback like, everywhere to have it be bookended by two corners. I mean, Kyler going the pick before them and then Andrew Booth, the that's the same, right? The Clemson corner going right after these two picks. And it's just like, again, if they would have made that pick, if they would have drafted a corner, if they would have drafted Boye Mafe in a corner, we'd, we'd be telling ourselves, this is fine. Right. We'd be a little sad that they didn't draft a quarterback, but ultimately it would be like they needed talent at these positions. They will have talent on the roster going forward. And we'd, I've we'd be this. complaining about the senior bowl and, and old players and, right. instead of her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. we we don't even have time to complain about that. <laughs> we could get there. We could get there. Uh, but, you know, I've talked about this a lot and that it's finding talent for the regime after Pete and John. And what they have done is they've basically taken away a pick from that regime by, by doing this. You know, if you do add a corner or a linebacker or even another edge or another lineman, like there's so many different players who are out there and so many different positions of need that the Seahawks have. And they've taken away somebody from that roster, right? They've taken away somebody who they need talent in all these positions more than they need talent at running back. Even if you look at it and you're like running back is more of a position of need than you think it is. Like you were saying, that is a sixth round pick, a seventh round pick. It's a, you take a flyer on somebody, an undrafted free agent. Those players are contributing NFL starters every single week, every single season at running back. Yeah. Again, including Chris Carson, who the Seahawks drafted in the seventh round and didn't learn anything from that example whatsoever i mean they got a, a good season out of thomas rawls too they didn't even draft him <laughs> like they, they've seen all these examples you, even marshawn lynch was like a couple of mid-round draft picks like if if they, right. if it was possible for them to learn that you can acquire serviceable running backs without <laughs> spending day one day two picks then they could have learned by now they just refused to and something else i was thinking about in reference to this regime, like the idea that they've done it before in, in 2010 when they came in and rebuilt the roster and turned it over so quickly, the NFL was a lot dumber then than it is now. Like it was easy to trade down and accumulate a bunch of value. Now, one of the things we've seen is when you trade down, you're still getting positive value in terms of the, you know, the, the PFF value on those picks and the analytical models. But it's not like before where you were getting the Jimmy Johnson trade chart to move down and you were just completely crushing it in terms of anything analytical because of the fact that the view of higher draft picks was that they were so much more valuable. And you look around the division in particular and how much better run a lot of those organizations are. And it becomes hard not to think that the Seahawks have fallen behind as compared to where they were 12 years ago. Yeah. It's, it's both the off the field in terms of roster construction where like, yeah, the, the Rams have done a lot of big swings for trades and, and perhaps don't value draft picks like some others would, but when they do those trades, they're generally for like quarterback or a wide receiver or like a cornerback, these high value positions. And they aren't getting, um, they aren't wasting anymore. They're, they're high premium picks on these, these positions that 
just Although aren't they, as valuable. They did take a running back in the second round, their third round, right? Can't make oh, it. Oh, yeah. The, it, yeah, it was their first pick, but it was like a, it wasn't nearly, it wasn't pick 40. <laughs> it was pick 52. So it wasn't that far okay, off. Okay, okay. So, okay, partially, partially retracted. <laughs> the other de- depressing thing about this, and I, I guess we're just leaning into airing our grievances here. Like, Always. They treated Russell Wilson. They got a first round pick and a second round pick out of it. Like they they should have had a lot of draft capital to add a lot of starters, but they're missing a first round pick because of the Jamal Adams trade. And then they just lit a second round pick on fire, taking a running back. So really they got like <laughs> a normal draft with a first round pick and a second round pick in a year which they traded Russell Wilson. Like <laughs> uh. I mean, I think you could have looked at the Russ trade and said that it was a success if they would have ended up with their potentially like future star quarterback here, plus Charles yeah. Cross. You could have looked yeah. at that and said they did a pivot for the organization in just one fell swoop, right? You don't know if that quarterback is going to work out, but at the very least, what you have done is you've positioned yourself to move forward post Russell Wilson. <laughs> and at this point, I don't think they've really done anything to do that, right? They have one offensive lineman and what is still probably a weak offensive line just dropping Charles Cross in there doesn't make it a good offensive line, right? Especially he's not as a rookie, you know? Yeah. He's a, he's a rookie and he's one of five pieces, you know? And it's not like the other four or five pieces are necessarily that great. So the, the, the player he's replacing is the one good player that was on the offensive <laughs> yes, line. <laughs> yes. Oh God. When you put it that way. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just, I don't think that you could look at the team at this point and say that they are, any better necessarily than they were two days ago, right? That your expectation for how the season is going to go. I said on the podcast yesterday that I thought that they were going to be an average team that they wouldn't be drafting in the top five next year. And after these picks, it's just like, I mean, maybe there's some sort of alchemy to being able to run the ball and chew up clock that they'll win a bunch of close games and they'll, you know, basically like they'll trick all statistics and they'll end up with seven wins just because of it. But You're like, saying they're going to Tim Tebow it? <laughs> I'm saying there's a chance, right? But otherwise, you look at this roster talent-wise, and they have nobody at the most important position. And overall, they're probably bop, bottom five talent of any team in the league. And they did nothing to to combat that with these picks today. I mean, the one yeah, thing I, we can say is you know, they still have the 72nd pick. We're recording this right now at 5.30 p.m. Pacific. We are currently at pick 50. Uh Still none of the quarterbacks have gone. Release it wow. and then have the Seahawks take Willis with the 72nd pick. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> and then we'll do a third emergency pod. We already went through a roller coaster of emotions when we thought the Seahawks had taken cross yesterday when Michael Silver of the NFL Network tweeted it and then was like, I misread a text. Oh, man. And then they still took cross. We didn't mention that roller oh, coaster God. of emotions yesterday. That, that lit up the uh, our group chat, certainly. <laughs> I'm guessing they were trying frantically to trade down or see what their offers were and then didn't. And then, and then I guess they're like, okay, I guess we're picking Charles cross and, and seem happy enough with him, which is different than like when they picked LJ Collier, just looked devastated afterwards. So <laughs> definitely, definitely better than that. I mean, the reporting, the reporting today from, I think Rich Samini of ESPN along with Brady Henderson kind of collaborating on that was that the jets and Seahawks apparently were talking about flipping nine and 10, the Jets hoping to make sure that no one jumped in front of them for Garrett Wilson at that pick. And then the Seahawks, you know, feeling comfortable that they would have still been able to take cross at the 10th pick. So that would have been a great outcome. I probably wouldn't have yielded that much to just go back one pick, but uh, uh, then the Jets apparently decided they, they were not 
you know, didn't feel worried enough that they needed to do that. Can we complain about Boye Mafe also? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's whatever. Uh, he does. He is like so Seahawksy, the most Seahawksy pick. Ben and I clearly both went and immediately Googled Boye Mafe Senior Bowl and found <laughs> the same headline. I literally had it clipped and was preparing to tweet it when I saw that you had tweeted it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is alarming, but it's not as bad as like the LJ Collier pick where like they or the Jordan Brooks pick where they they clearly had a different view of like what the what a consensus big board or something would say. Like it, it's not like he was a reach to the same extent. So, yeah, he's old. And yeah, there are some red flags with like being old and uh, popping eyes at the senior bowl and and all those things that like as Seahawks fans were conditioned to expect bad things from. But uh, I. I I think we've seen worse in the worse in the past, at least. Right. I mean, production in terms of the uh, pressure rates that we've talked about from that uh, my ESPN colleague Seth Walder posted via SIS, he was middle of the pack among the draftable defensive ends there, twelfth overall. You know, a couple spots behind Jermaine Johnson who uh, ended up going late in the first round, substantially ahead of Drake Jackson, who someone is expected to go in the second round here, uh, substantially ahead of Logan Hall, who went early in the second round here. So, he, you know, he's got a chance. He wasn't my favorite of the edge prospects, certainly. But uh, again, we wouldn't be doing an emergency pod if if they had just drafted Boye Mafe and done something normal at pick 41. Yeah, if, if they had taken Malik Willis afterwards, maybe there would have been an emergency pod, but it right. would have been oh, yeah. completely, completely different and better. And yeah. So I guess we'll wait and see. We'll put this out, but maybe there will be an yeah. update and so, our total so will change in an hour here. So as of, let's see, what time is it? It is uh, five, 5.30 Pacific time. What is, what is our temperature check on who we think is going to start week one for at quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks? Drew Locke. I mean, looking at the structure of the Geno Smith contract and how limited the guarantees in that are, well, I think that Pete Carroll certainly wants to give him an opportunity to compete in training camp. I think based on that, Drew Locke. Yeah, I think it's hard to read any of their actions and words in in any other way. (laughs) I mean, it's like people keep wanting to believe that there's some sort of master plan here that's like, no, no, they're just trying to hoodwink us when they tell us how much they think Drew Locke, they believe in Drew Locke. Like, no, at some point when their actions and their words match up, (laughs) you got to believe them. (laughs) Maybe this is all setting up for the Baker trade. Maybe they don't want to draft a quarterback Uh, because of the what? The report was, uh, let, let me see who had this, that uh, Kimberly A. Martin had this, that uh, Baker Mayfield to Carolina could happen tonight. Oh, okay. Right. Doesn't, doesn't necessarily sound like it. Maybe that's all part of the plan, but it doesn't sound so like bad. It. it is so bad. What were the Broncos records the last like two, three years? With what, what we would all agree is a better, outside of quarterback, a better roster than the Seahawks had. I mean, are we counting the year that they had a better quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, no, all of them. They, better quarterback well, than Russell well they, they had an adjacent pick to the Seahawks, so it must have been seven and ten like the Seahawks this it, year. It, it was in fact seven and ten, five and eleven in 2020, seven and nine in 2019. I buckle up. That's what's in store. <laughs> I, it, I mean, it's true, and there's no there's no plan out of it, right? It, especially because it's not quite bad enough. It's not quite bad enough to go get that top quarterback and uh 
there's not going to be talent at the rest of the roster because they drafted a fucking running back in the second round. It's just, it's complete incompetence. And in an era when it is so easy to not be incompetent, but the thing is the Seahawks do not learn. The plan does not change. No matter whether they're a success or not success, the plan absolutely does not change. Pete Carroll will not learn. I, I, we have to lump John Schneider in there at this point. John Schneider will not learn. This is what we get as Seahawks fans. I had COVID all week, and this was the worst part of my entire life. <laughs> I don't think we can top that. I think we have to go out on that now. Thanks so much to, for joining us, Ben. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I don't know. Malik Willis really might make it to 72, though. It's kind of I, I was really, like, in my head, I was thinking, like, okay, the Russell Wilson trade was not a good idea, not good process, but they got exceptionally lucky and a quarterback fell to them, and it turned out okay. So, sorry, everyone, for criticizing the Russell Wilson trade so harshly. But <laughs> that's not how it ended up. <laughs> Narrator. <laughs> So there's there's still no quarterbacks that have gone. That is surprising. Malik Willis's draft prop was like 12 and a half or something. <laughs> it's it is pretty shocking. But I mean, we do sometimes see this with individual quarterbacks. Like, you know, Eason was kind of like this two years ago, right? And maybe to a lesser extent, Fromm, who everyone was all excited about going into that draft. It's just the idea that none of the quarterbacks are going. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Nicobe Dean hasn't been drafted? Nope. Pretty strange. I don't really get that. I don't know anything about Nicobe Dean besides I mean, where he When I was watching Georgia in those games, the only defensive player who I was like, oh, damn, who's that? Is Nicobe <laughs> Dean. When watching their games the last couple of the year, I was like, wow, that dude is fast. And then he, all... he, He's the off-ball linebacker guy? Yes. Yeah. All of the other players were drafted ahead of him. <laughs> Because they can rush the passer like Aaron Donald. <laughs> uh-huh. Just because you didn't see Jordan Davis doing a few yards faster in those games. 